Hello there, Vlad here. Welcome to Cat 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 Pick Fridays, episode fifty-eight. I don't know who's tired. You're tired. I'm tired. I don't know where this is going. But welcome to the show that brings you latest and greatest in guitar and music industry news reactions. Do we do reviews? Not really. Uh, reactions, commentary, mm, some analysis. That always makes us sound smart. Let's go with analysis as well. And once again, I'm joined by my co-host and a guy who I'm competing with on Who's More Tired? It's Richard Morgan. <laughs> Hello. Good day to you, Vlad. How are you doing, everybody? <laughs> yeah, we have... Uh, well, first of all, was shooting at an unusual time for us. And I just finished my work shift and like literally came home, made some coffee. And by the way, Unlikely Marks, Catpick Studios, Hoodies and a bunch of other stuff in the official Catpick Studios merch store if you want to support us. Yeah, made myself some coffee and sat down to chat about stuff that has been happening over the past week or so. So if I'm rambling, you might know why. It's been a very busy week, but luckily, well, right now for us, it's Thursday. But when you see this, it will be Friday and Friday is, well, Friday is Friday. It's self-explanatory. Uh, it is. Yeah. I'm actually scared because we're doing this on a Thursday <laughs> afternoon and it's like, uh, yeah. this video might not be released for 24 hours and what huge gear releases could come out during that 24-hour window. That is the question yeah, that we will no doubt be answering to ourselves via Facebook Messenger between now and tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, imagine all the transparent overdrives that can be released during, like between us shooting and this episode going out. Indeed. So many, so many overdrives. Probably about seven, yep. <laughs> At least seven. Yeah, we, we're going to cover the latest gear news. Uh, then there's some cool articles about Steve Vai, Ed Sheeran lawsuit, Herman Lee... From Dragon Force, and basically he told about how much they got paid for the Guitar Hero 3, I think, where was the game where the, the song was featured, and I want to say kind of made them super famous. There's that. We're going to react to Grammy 2022 winners, and also there's a bunch of cool questions and comments submitted by you, so we're going to check out that as well. And... A ridiculous video by Steve Vai playing the hydro guitar. And he just keeps surprising even after all of this. Yes. But for news and things like that that have happened as of late, we go to the segment called Recent Happenings. <laughs> Yes, recent things. There have been at least some gear releases, I guess. That's a positive. And yeah. We're going to start with Fender Nile Rogers model. And they say it's a new model and it looks like a Strat. <laughs> so, yay. <laughs> and it's competitively priced as well. I want to go to that oh, bit they... first because it costs just shy of 3,000 euros. So it's a, oh. a boutique Strat. But, you know, it's a signature model and Niall oh. Rogers, and he's he's uh, made a lot more money than that in his recording career. <laughs> I mean, I don't I know if he has personally, so. but 
the, the records he's played on have grossed over $2 billion or something. That's the figure that you Ooh. always see, isn't it? Whoa. Which is quite a lot of money, and yeah. I don't know how they work yeah. that out exactly, but the guy deserves a signature guitar. He's a legend. Sure. Sure, absolutely. Um, and yeah, nothing it's that like, ama- like fancy about the guitar, though? Or is there? That, well, that's the thing. I mean, that's the guitar that he plays. I guess it's very <laughs> similar to the exact one that he's got. And if you're if you're not watching this right now, if you're just listening to our dulcet tones, it's kind of mm. a fairly standard-looking white strap with maple board. If you yeah. don't go into the details, yeah. So it's three uh, single coil pickups. Like... It's hard tail, which makes it slightly yeah. different from your average strap. But apart from that, on first glance, you'll also see that the knobs are slightly different from your, what you'd expect on a standard Stratocaster. But Apart from that, where is the extra money coming from? And I think for that, we have to first say, yep, it's a Nile Rodgers signature guitar. And secondly, we have to look at some of the other specifications. Yeah. Those almost look like Gibson-style knobs on the guitar, which is... Yeah, they're like white speed knobs. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, Why is there no information in this article? I was looking at another article, Vlad, I think it might have been on the Music Radar site, free plug for Music Radar, where they had like a picture of the Nile Rogers guitar and it had like a timeline on it of when all the different bits of pieces have been put oh. onto it because he's he's put so many different things like pickups and different bits of hardware into the guitar over the years. And that Strat is actually from one year when it was originally built, but there's bits and pieces from six or seven different years in the guitar itself. So it probably required the custom shop people to really rifle through all the different drawers to find bits that would fit for this instrument. Yeah. Well, luckily, Sweetwater is actually here to help us because on their product page, where you can see the guitar itself, obviously, first of all, they mentioned that the body is slightly downsized. So Interesting. I never knew that. Nope. Why is yeah. it downsized, I wonder? Um... He specifically requested it. And they also mentioned that Corey Wong asked for the same thing on his signature Strat as well. I have never considered a Strat body to be too big. But then again, me a friend neither. of mine always likes to remind me that I have long hands. And like, the, for example, when I kind of put on my telly, like when he tries to wear that telly, like standing up without... Using like using my strap, for him it's like way way too low. Even though we are like pretty much the same height, so I don't oh, know. I thought I thought you were going to end that story by saying, "But my friend is a dwarf, so it's it's okay." <laughs> not this time. <laughs> just yeah, just on the talk of bodies, by the way, guitar bodies. That is not uh, yes. human and dwarf sized bodies. I currently have a couple of the Ibanez. AZES oh, kind of more nice. affordable Strat type guitars and these also have slightly smaller bodies than Stratocasters than Fenders or hmm. Squires so perhaps this is a trend at the moment perhaps it gives you a bit more comfort perhaps it helps with the weight perhaps it's to do with the contouring I don't know but these new Ibanez AZES models also have that videos on my channel Sound- if you want to watch it plug done yeah sounds like that. that's a thing apparently it's a thing I guess yeah but yeah, again, like I grew up playing like a, or like I've been playing a very kind of blocky telly for many, many years. And it kind of, 
it's kind of a very uncomfortable guitar, but I'm so used to it. Or like some, some maybe I'm just weirdly shaped, and that's why it feels really comfortable to me. <laughs> that's a discussion for a different episode, I think. Uh, when it comes to Nardo's guitar, it has his signature hitmaker pickups, and I don't know if there's anything that special about them if they're voiced after his own strats pickups i'm gonna guess they're fairly low output i would guess that, so too yeah i'm guessing that i i don't know if he's ever had a series of hitmaker pickups made or if they've just mm. kind of modeled the pickups that are in his original guitar and have now started calling them a hitmaker signature series and maybe other people can buy them but yeah cool yeah i mean they sound great he always sounds wonderful so yeah, uh, they mentioned about the Hotel Bridge and Sweetwater says that Hotel Strats have a higher body mass and Sweetwater guitarists find this leads to greater sustain and resonance. Could be very true. Yep. For those of you do you want to point watching out again... At, yes, do you want to point the out other The other Ibanez AZES model is the only current oh, yeah, kind yeah. of affordable Strat that I know apart from a Squire Bullet Telly that has a hardtail bridge. So this guitar and the Nile Rogers Hitmaker are kind of rare in the world of strats because everyone seems to want the oh, yeah. trem or the vibrato bridge or whatever you want to call it. And I personally prefer yeah. a hardtail every time. Yeah. I I actually very rarely use a tremolo even if I have a guitar like that. Maybe like pick like alternate pick chord and then maybe add a little bit of vibrato but otherwise I don't not yeah. my thing, really. But then again, I haven't done like any proper analysis, I guess, comparing a hardtail bridge with a tremolo. No, I mean, the biggest but. thing for me is that the more you use a vibrato bridge, if it's not set up perfectly, and even if it is set up perfectly, it is a lot more unstable when it comes to tuning than a hardtail bridge. And so that's just... Yeah. That yeah. affects my decision every time. Yeah. Uh but I don't think there's like anything that uh, revolutionary with uh, Niles' guitar, but I'm happy that he has a signature guitar. So Yeah, I mean, of all the people who get signature guitars, he's definitely <laughs> a worthy is. candidate, I would say. Yeah. I don't know exactly. if this is going to be a huge seller because it's a hardtail, for example, but um, it's probably very decent. Did you see what oh, yeah. the neck profile was like? I haven't noticed that at all. Mm. There was something about it somewhere. Or not. I don't see anything about the neck profile, I think. Uh, oh, it's like a 59 profile, so maybe a bit chunkier. I'm okay, guessing. I've got to admit that with Stratnex, I don't really know what a year would yeah. mean. 59 Les yeah, Paul, I, I know what that means, but 59 Strat, I require some education there. Yes, same with me as yeah. well. I was really close to buying a 58 Les Paul at some point. I was, really, was trying to save up the money, but just never got there. <laughs> or like I ended up buying, like, as I was saving, Wait, what, uh, a real I one? ended up using that money to buy some other guitar gear, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You don't mean a real one, though. Cause a, a 50, uh, no, not, not like a real one, but like a, mm. like a custom shop. 
Ah, okay, like a reissue. That was a very recent deal at a local store. Yeah, Yeah. like R8. I actually like the neck profile. Yeah, me too. But then again, I like weird weird neck profiles and stuff like that. You do. Cool guitar. Mm -hmm. From, yeah, exactly. From Fender to Gibson, who debuts a master artisan collection with 10 flying Vs designed by Leo Scala. And they are indeed flying Vs and they look cool. For the benefit of those people watching, can you please bring them up on screen? As I can't see them either. Ooh. So they are like aged to various, depending on the guitar, various extents. Some of them have a Bigsby, but I've never seen a flying V with a Bigsby. And you kind of need to have like this weird, like metal rod between the horns of the flying V, which is, uh, these are kind of funky. Like out of all of the like limited runs and custom shop releases and stuff like that, these, to me, these kind of give you something extra, I guess. Yeah. Can, can you bring them up on screen so everybody oh. else can see them? I can't see them either. That there we go. True. Can you tell that yep. I've had a long day? No. Good. Actually, yes, we can. Carry but on. These, yeah, these are some pretty funky looking flying Vs. And now that I come to think of it, I don't think I've ever seen a Bixby on a flying V either. Mm. And I'm not sure it looks as bad as you might expect it to. Yeah. It's kind it, of odd. Like a, but especially kind of with that horizontal bar. metal bar going across. But it, yeah, steampunk. Yeah. That's exactly the yeah. vibe I got from it. Especially the one on the left. There's very strong steampunk vibes yes. to it. And I actually like them. I wonder how pricey these are. Well, uh, it's <laughs> Gibson Custom Shop run. These are not going to be cheap. <laughs> no. Like, because the fact that they don't mention the price of these, I think these go into the category if you have to ask, <laughs> you can't afford them. <laughs> exactly. That's what I would think as well. <laughs> but they look cool, like really cool. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for those people who enjoy the old Carina Wood Vs, these are those with, you know, different aging, different subtleties, steampunk vibes, some of them with just the one pickup, which I also don't really think I've ever seen on a Gibson V before. They always have two pickups, yeah. don't they? Or am I mistaken? I mean, I've I've seen more metally sort of V guitars from other brands that only have the one bridge pickup, but I've never seen a Gibson like that before. And that specific guitar and that one as well, with the scratch plate and just a bridge pickup, I don't particularly like that aesthetically. Yeah. It's weird that all of them are just with one pickup. I guess oh, that's sorry. I thought thing. one of them had two. Okay. They're all single pickup Vs. Very interesting. Oh, what? Yeah, all of them are just single pickup Vs. I'm going to quickly Google what they cost. Please do. (laughs) Um, I'll be surprised if they're... I'm going to say like it's 7,000 and above. Oh. Was I even close? 7,000 and above. By the way, do you know Uh, much about Leo Scala? No. Me neither. (laughs) <laughs> We're talking about these as if we know exactly who Leo Scala is, but actually, 
neither of us do. Let's have a looky here. Yeah. Premier guitar. What we got in terms of pricing. Oof. Oh, no. be... <laughs> I thought I was reading the price, but it was actually Gibson's phone number in Nashville. But the, <laughs> the price is probably quite similar <laughs> to the Nashville phone number. Starts with 615 and then there's seven more numbers in it. <laughs> nice. That's expensive for sure. <laughs> But yeah, I, as a collectible, if I had the means, maybe, especially the one like which which is like very age has this kind of cool metal sc scratch plate that almost looks like two wings, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I like this. Yeah, they are pretty cool. And yeah, on the Gibson website, so actually on the Gibson website itself, on the specific page about these guitars, there is some information about Leo Scala, who is. Um, an artisan, LA-based, and um, he met some of the Gibson guys, and that's resulted in this uh, in this collaboration. He's been building guitars for the past 25 years. He's made guitars for people like Richard Fortas, Phil X, Doug Aldrich, and Warren Kucharullo. So there you go. He's done a lot. There you go. And now he's doing this. And even on the Gibson website, you don't see prices. It says, for ordering information, call the Gibson Garage, and then they give you a telephone number, which may or may not also be the price. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this explains uh, all. Like, I think we got the confirmation. If we got to, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. So <laughs> exactly. And just for those of you wondering about the Bixby one, that's the seven 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 series, and that has a Bixby mm. B seven vibrato, like Lonnie Mac installed on his own number seven flying V. So, so there we go. Oh, there you go. You learn new things. You do. Yeah, uh, cool guitars. I like the the design. Would, on would you, these. if you were offered either one of these or the Hitmaker, which would you take? Oh, Strat or Artisan Flying V? Artisan Flying V, because I think kind of replicating a Hitmaker would be fairly easy. Just get it like a hard tail Strat and then just modify it, even if you need to. These are like one-of-a-kind pieces of art that you can also play. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm I know what you mean. Gibson for me. Every kind of ounce of my logic would tell me to take the Strat because that would be a guitar <laughs> I'd actually play and use. But I might True. also take the Vs for those reasons. I mean, these are actually works of art, but like you said, I could imagine playing them. We've looked at a few other mm. kind of artistic pieces in recent months, which you would never touch. You'd put it on the wall or probably into a bank vault and just leave it there to accumulate <laughs> in value. But these ones, I think you'll actually see people playing them. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, depending on the prices, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. As we talked about many times before, the sad fact is that a lot of these guitars will never be played. They will be kept in like a glass and a case or something. Yeah, um, I hope to see some of these at the NAMM show, but I don't know if either Fender or Gibson are actually going to be there. <laughs> oh, that's a question as well. Yeah. Yeah, we shall see. Yeah, indeed. From Gibson to Maxon OD9, OD9 Cream Drive Limited European Run now available. Mm. And it's yeah, Tube so Screamer. It, it, it's Tube Screamer, just has a different like housing. On it? Yep. 
made in Japan in a special cream finish. Beautiful. And the, pe the pedal is powered by the JRC45581C chip. That's my favorite chip. Is it? I think. I have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. But it, it sounds familiar, so I'm guessing it's one of those chips you, they use to get the sound. Tell us in the comments, the everybody, what's your favorite chip? <laughs> Mine is probably Maybe the so. LM308, the racked chip. Or the oh, chip that I put in my shopping trolley every week that enables me oh. to buy food at the supermarket. Yeah. Different kind of chip, but still a chip. Very solid choices indeed. Yeah. But yeah, uh, based on this article, uh, it's just a different housing, I think. <laughs> so uh, they mentioned that it's a collectible. I mean, the price-wise, it's not that anything outrageous. 149 euros at Thurman. I don't yeah, think the their... Maxon OD9 is that much more expensive in green. So no, I, sure. I think the prices are roughly the same when you consider that yeah. it's made in Japan. It's just, yeah, it's it's a different color. It's a cream drive. They've colored it cream, called it the cream drive, and it's a limited run and people will buy it. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, isn't it? I, I yeah. like the tube screamer for certain things, not for others. I don't think I've ever really understood it as understood, understood it understood. as much as some other people have. Yeah. But okay. there we go. I'd like to try this one out. It wouldn't have to be a cream one. It could just be a standard green one. But there you go. Yeah. A cool effect. I mean, it's it's silly how much excitement just swapping the color of the pedal can create. But then again, like I have the Boss SD1 in black and I love it. Like this, something like it's the. I think it was the fortieth anniversary edition, and yeah. it's just really cool. Plus, it's a classic. It stays on my board. It's super practical for some of the stuff I'm doing. So, yeah, nice, sim, kind of simple but really cool release. So thumbs yeah, exactly. up from me. Are we ranking releases again? We had the thumbs up system at some Looks point. Looks like it. Yeah, it's back. It's back. Yeah, we exactly. like the cream drive. We yes, approve. Yes, we do. Something that I'm most likely going to like as well is Easy Drummer 3. Tune track is teasing. Yes. Easy Drummer yes, 3. Yes. We, we mostly... Know, um, oh, yeah. I was going to say, we Sorry, mostly what? talk about guitars on this show, but this is the major release of the week for me. Is it? I don't know. Is there something else sure coming? But for me, it's the major release. <laughs> it's been a slow week. The... What can I say? Yeah. I remember when the... I saw this on like Monday or Tuesday or something, and I think I emailed you or wrote you saying, hey, look, something's out finally, and it's Easy Drummer 3. I was over the moon. <laughs> but I mean, I actually, you know, I'm a paying customer of Easy Drummer 2. I use it and love it, and it's great. Yeah. I've wasted lots of money on it over the years buying kits and uh, MIDI yes, packs and stuff. Too. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to upgrade to Easy Drummer 3. Yeah. Same for, for me. Like, sound-wise, I think it's still really good. The user interface definitely could see some improvements and that's something they're kind of advertising here yes. as well. And yeah, as long as the MIDI packs I have still work with the new this one, then sign me up. 
or something like that. Well, I think what they're doing is, um, you know, they have this sort of upgrade system. They also have a, a more professional drumming program called Superior Drummer, for example. And if you have Easy Drummer, you can just pay a little bit less to upgrade instead of just buying the completely new Superior Drummer thing. So people who already have Easy Drummer 2 will be able to just make the upgrade to Easy Drummer 3 and that costs less than making a full-on new purchase. So I'm pretty sure that everything you had for Easy Drummer 2 will transfer across. It would yeah, be kind of dumb if it didn't, wouldn't it? Yeah, pretty much. So Indeed. yeah, that looks cool. Uh, waiting for more information. Uh... Ah, yeah. I see. They actually, right now, as of now, they're offering, like, you can get the Easy Drummer 2. If you decide to buy Easy Drummer 2 right now, you get a free upgrade to Easy Drummer 3. So that's kind of cool. Need to see what the upgrade options are because I'm very yeah. interested in upgrading. But I probably need to do, like, a video about... Um, I have the new X drum kit, the electronic drum kit that I've actually been playing quite a lot. And I've also used Drive. And I paired it with Easy Drummer 2 to get the sounds because it offers, doing it that way offers some workarounds uh, that you, like it solved some issues that affordable drum kits have. And maybe I need to do a video on that topic at some point. You definitely do. I had, we all want I to see that. I had fun playing that gig and Easy Drummer 2, my laptop and the drum kit obviously. And it worked really well. Yeah, but right now it's like a teaser that they released. So nice. Looking forward to seeing the whole thing. And from Easy Drummer to someone who isn't taking it easy with pushing the boundaries of guitar. That was like a solid three out of five transition, I think. I tried yeah, my I've best. Heard, I've heard worse. Yeah. Well done. It's... Yeah, I'm going to ra rank it in the middle. Like it's three out of five, maybe two and a half out of five. I'll give you a thumb so. up for the transition. <laughs> Thank you. Just the one. <laughs> Just one. Let's not get too excited. Yeah, Steve Vine names five contemporary guitarists who are taking the instrument to the next level. And yeah, everyone knows Steve Vine, I assume at least. I think it's fair to assume any guitar player who has ever gotten really interested in the instrument knows who Steve I is. It doesn't mean you have to love what yes. he's doing, but you most likely know him. And yeah, I'm just going to browse through the list and see what the, By like, the way, who is he naming. Let's, yeah, I haven't let's, seen this list yet, so I'm fascinated. Yeah. And yeah, my first thought was my first thought was what if I'm on the list? And then I realized <laughs> Rich, you're not, you're not on the list. Steve Vai doesn't know who uh, you are. That was a joke, by the way. I don't expect to be on the list. I don't expect anyone I know it? to be on the list, actually. Although I know Tim Henson. Not really personally, yeah. although I've met him because he was at TGU one year. Was Spent fair. a few minutes with him in the same room. Was all right. He was at the, the second TGU, I think. Ah, that's With that's Ibanez. Him and the, the other chap from... Polyphia were also there. They had their two new uh, Ibanez signature guitars. They did a lot of stuff. Oh, they were cool guys. Yeah. Yeah. And great, great signature guitars, by the way, as well. 
Yes, I and, have tried both. Yeah, as as musicians, mind bending. Oh yes, they're, they're, they're def- well. Yeah. They're impressing Steve Vai. That's that's all you need yeah, to say. Yeah, that's they're, like, they're masterful. As the article says, they are taking the instrument to a new level. And well, having heard some stuff, Bolivia does. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, it's crazy that it's kind of instrumental. Fairly technical, well, very technical, like guitar music can be that popular, but it just works. Yeah, yeah. and it's all instrumental, isn't it, as well? Or yeah. at least the vast majority of it. And so yes. it's, it's amazing how well they've done because they've had fairly mainstream success, I would say, considering yeah. the kind of band that they are and considering how complicated the music is. I mean, their yeah. audience is obviously 99% other guitar players who are sort of standing there with a metronome watching them do what they do and wondering <laughs> how they do it, how on earth they developed these techniques and mastered them. But there you go. It was standing kind of cool to be sat in the, the room like that. watching them do their thing. Because um, when you see these things on the internet, you, you, just, you just watch it and you're not sort of blown away in the same, in the same way. When you see it yeah. in person and you realize this person is actually controlling their hands exactly in that way so therefore it must be real it's just um yeah it takes on a slightly different meaning it's um it's something i'll never be able to do i think yeah. um you, you know they say that you have to practice for 10,000 hours to max to master something to to mm. get really good at something i don't think with 100,000 hours i'd get anywhere near close to what they're doing because th- <laughs> there must be some kind of pre-born sort of talent in those guys as well, right? Surely. Yeah. Please maybe. make me feel better by saying that. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Because uh, I, I used to hear, well, first of all, I've heard it, the 10,000 hours thing, but also like uh, at some point, I think I, like when I was growing up as a guitar player, a lot, a lot of talk was that you got to kind of learn early in your teens especially, because after yeah. that, like, you'll just stop getting better at your instrument. And luckily, that's absolutely not true. Like, I'm still getting better all the time, which is great. Will I sound like Tim Henson? No. But then again, uh, I can really appreciate what he and his bandmates are doing, but not my thing. And I don't know, like, no, I mean- would I would even be able to do what he's... I, I don't know if I would like to have his guitar playing skills. I don't know. I wouldn't know what to do with it because it would, yeah, it would be like a superpower, yeah. like a, a blessing and a curse at the same time. Yes. I remember trying I to learn how, um, when to use, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And people would be asking you at parties, do the thing. I remember trying to learn the first few seconds of Goat, which is actually the track oh. on the screen there as well. And it's like, um, even the first few seconds, it involves techniques that I, I'd never even considered using before. And I just, I had to stop. Huh. I don't think I even managed five or six seconds of it. It's, um, it's something <laughs> else. And I, I'm totally in the yeah. same position as you in that I really respect them and I love the skills and I love to see it and watch it. But in another way, it's a little bit of a novelty and the actual music is not something I would listen to in my spare time because... I just tend to prefer other things, but at the same time, they're they're fantastic. Yeah, and also hats off to Steve Vai for like 
not being one of those guys, oh, we did it better and these kids, it's not even amusing what they're creating or anything like that. Like hats off for kind of, I'm not saying like passing the torch, but like giving respect to the next generation of awesome guitar players. Yeah. And speaking of awesome guitar players, number two, Corey Wong. And uh, this kind of surprises me to see Corey Wong here. Not that I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it. It's just, well, I guess Corey Wong's online presence is such nowadays that he's almost hard to avoid. Everyone, everyone knows him <laughs> at least. Yeah, and I'd like to say that everyone also appreciates the incredible talent he is. Whether you like his music or the stuff he's doing, that's a whole different discussion. But I'm big. I'm a big Corey Wong fan, even though he does he just does like just one thing, but he does it so so well. So yeah, exactly. Uh, that guy's right really cool. hand is he's possessed. He he's an incredible player. <laughs> Yeah. It's much more my cup of tea, the kind of stuff that he plays. And I feel like what Corey Wong plays is actually more sort of humanly attainable for me than the Tim Henson Polyphia stuff. I'll never be that good, you know. I don't practice enough. I'm not a pro. But um, yeah, Corey Wong is great. He's all over the internet. It does surprise me a bit that Steve Vai has him on the same mm. list. But, you know, by the same nature, Corey Wong is doing amazing things to popularize the guitar which is something yeah. I think Polyphia probably don't do in quite the same way. Yeah. Corey Wong uh, yeah, is going in the John Mayer direction, kind of growing out of this little sort of industry niche. Yeah, and that's the, like, Corey Wong's music is more approachable. I'd like to say it because yes. play his music to anyone and they immediately go, oh, this is a really like, like cool groove or like, I, I don't know what words people would describe or I've used to describe the music, but like it's approachable. And I mean, if you watch what Wolfpack did like at Madison Square Garden, selling out the whole thing and Corey being like one of the main people of the band, like it's like music. It's not all, it's not all instrumental music, but they're kind of bringing instrumental music back to the masses and kind of having the whole band thing and just having fun together and it's really cool yeah yeah what they do is again not my not my personal cup of tea i don't listen to wolfpack much i don't like that kind of music too much but it's funky and groovy but at the same time pretty progressive yeah. and incredibly complex a lot of it so it's um yeah i'm not surprised to see him on this list i think he's great Number three, Matteo Mancuso, and I have to admit, I have never heard of him. Yes, also so, guilty. I'm afraid I haven't either. Yeah, apparently he is more like a fusion-style guitar player, and I think we need to right the wrong and get ourselves familiar with his playing. But we do, most definitely. We really don't have anything to say about him, but if Steve, I is like highlighting him as one of the kind of revolutionary guitar players. We're going to find him out and like figure out what kind of music he is creating. And if you, dear listener, have more information on this guy, please let us know. Educate us. And we are sorry that we are 
uneducated with our takes here. And we're going to immediately move on to number four, who's Yvette, Yvette, Yvette Young. How yep. do you pronounce her name? Yvette. Yvette Young. Yeah. Yeah, her I do know. Yes, me too. Another incredible yeah. player. Yeah. And actually in a pretty cool band as well with some rather accessible songs. Although again, oh. some, some mind-bending guitar techniques. Yeah. And another Ibanez signature artist. <laughs> I guess Ibanez is the brand for the guitar virtuosos. Although Mateo, our number three in this list, is playing a Yamaha Revstar in the image that we're looking at. But Yvette Young recently got a signature Ibanez. Is it a Talman model, her signature? Uh, I think Or based on a Talman? Yeah. Yeah. Basically like a three single coil. So ergonomically shaped and apparently very popular model as well. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I'm yet to see one in person to try it, but hopefully at the NAMM show. Yeah. I've said that phrase so often over the past 18 months. <laughs> hopefully at the NAMM show. And <laughs> the fifth one is Daniel Gottardo. And I'm afraid again, I haven't heard of him either. Nope, me neither. Uh, again, someone for us to check out because, again, if Steve Vai is highlighting you, you that's uh, one of the highest honors you can get as a guitar player I would say absolutely so there you go yeah if you want to find out more about this artist and hear them play we're gonna obviously link this article and everything else we mentioned in the show notes and each of these artists name here have a video attached to the article so you can actually listen to them so be sure to check it out. And I'm definitely going through this list later today or early tomorrow because I want to yep. hear these people play. Me too. Yeah. From Steve Vai to Ed Sheeran. And <laughs> one of those copyright cases, once again, uh, Ed Sheeran prevails in Shape of You copyright case. And someone called Sammy Chokri had claimed Sheeran plagiarized his song, Oh Why. Um, yes. Yeah. Have you heard the the two portions of the songs which are I the center of this claim? I haven't. I wasn't actually aware this l- lawsuit was going on like, oh. So oh, okay. I mean, obviously, very similar? I, I read a lot more UK news stuff and Ed Sheeran is obviously on the... Uh, the front pages as well as the music pages in the UK. So I heard a lot more about this and I listened to the songs concerned. And Mm. yeah, it's interesting. Are they exactly the same? When you hear them in the context of being played back to back and you think about what the words are, they sound almost identical. (laughs) They they do oh, sound man. very similar, but it but it's literally that one part of Shape of You, um, which we probably can't sing or anything here, can we? Because um, we'll be hit with someone might come after so. us. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Check out the links that we've got here in the show notes, and um, you, you'll find a way to listen to the two tracks, and you can maybe form your own opinion. But in a way, I'm also happy that 
Ed Sheeran has been cleared because there have yeah. been a lot of really strange lawsuits also involving Ed Sheeran in the not-too-distant past in yeah. terms of uh, the theft of songs, and it's uh, it's getting quite strange. Yeah. And if you follow Rick Beato's or Adam Neely's channels, there's been some great analysis on those songs. Like there was Dua Lipa and some other uh, band, like there, there's a lawsuit going on there as well, and those songs sound incredibly similar uh, but then I think Adam took both of those songs and compared some to something that Outcast created even like 10 years before and all of a sudden all of the three songs sound similar and kind of partially feel like these lawsuits are kind of pointless but then again I also understand like you, sometimes you need, need for this to happen uh, yeah, I mean, in some cases, songs do get ripped off and songs do sound very similar. Sure. And I think exactly. in other cases, songs get subconsciously copied. And in other cases, songs sound very similar because, you know, there's not that many notes to choose from. There's already a limited nope. number of chords as well in harmonies. And, you know, there are so many songs produced and written that this kind of thing probably happens all the time. Yeah, and I think Ed Sheeran is probably a good person to go after because he's got boatloads of cash, and yes. people might be thinking, "Hey, if I go after him and the song is actually similar, and it is the portion of the song very similar in this case, they might think he'll just say, okay, have a bit of cash, or I'll put your name as one of the co-writers on the song or whatever,' which is what has happened in the past with some of these cases. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just now imagining Ed Sheeran on a boat that's full of cash. So thanks. He could do yeah, that. He, <laughs> he could, could literally do that. He could do whatever he wants. He's a very wealthy man, and I think he deserves every penny that he's earned. Yeah. He's he's Definitely. done very well for himself, using the first yes. three frets of the guitar, as he always likes to say, <laughs> compared to Steve Vai, for whom six necks are not enough. But who's got more money? Exactly. I would suspect Ed Sheeran by a long way. Because yeah. his tours gross incredible sums of money. Yeah, that is very, very true. And from someone who has made a lot of money to, to a band that didn't make that much money because Herman Lee from Dragon Force says that Guitar Hero only paid Dragon Force about $3,000 for, $3, for Through the Fire and the Flames. And that uh, song was, I think it was the boss level like the final level of Guitar Hero 3. And for anyone who doesn't know, like Dragon Force is this crazy, crazy fast power metal band and that's one of the like biggest hits. And there's so much guitar shredding and stuff like that going on and people spent hours and hours and hours learning that song on Guitar Hero, <laughs> which is both funny and kind of sad because you could have also spent that time playing a, a real guitar. Uh, exactly but yeah but I wonder like they said that it was only like three thousand dollars but I th I don't know how these contracts work when you put when like when somebody licenses your music for a game but you would think it works the same way like the more the song is played the more they would get some sort of like artist revenue what's it called commission I yeah, I mean, it would depend on what kind of 
license that they oh, agreed to. I mean, you know, in some cases with stuff like this, you'll sell all of your rights unlimited to the song for a lump sum. And in other cases, you'll take a percentage of earnings. Yeah. And I feel like probably in most cases with stuff like this, you've got no idea as an artist how popular a release is going to be or how much money something is going to make. And you take the lump sum because it's higher. And in a few yeah. of the kind of exceptions, it goes on to be a hugely popular thing like Guitar Hero and you probably would have earned a lot more money by taking a percentage or whatever. This was always a thing with yeah. session musicians, you know, guitarists who would play on tracks or whatever. They'd either just, yeah. uh, at the start of the week, they were going to be doing an album and they could either take $500 or a few percent of whatever the album would make in the future. And of course, the vast majority of people are going to take the 500 bucks because you need them to live. <laughs> You're not thinking about whether yeah. the album is going to sell a million or win a Grammy in two years and you're going to be making money constantly for the rest of your life. Yep. That's the thing. But yeah, $3,000. Guitar Hero got a bargain there, I have to say. Definitely. But, but I have, on the other I hand, how much popularity did Dragon Force gain from that as well? How much money have they made from people discovering them for that? I sure, they could have got hundreds of thousands of dollars, but how many people found them and went to their shows and became fans and bought merch because of that? It's hard yeah, to put a value that, on it, I think. Yeah, that that's exactly what I was about to say. Like, They became such a huge thing because of this game. Like, I knew Dragon Force. I think I, I think I discovered them through, I don't know, something through Fire and the Flames. I think it's... It's like their first or second album. And they were big for like the next 10 years after this game came out. Yeah. They were huge, touring all over the world. And I want to say it was because of that game. So it's very like, sure, I think if they only got like $3,000 for the for using the actual song, okay, yeah, I get that. Feel, feels like a tiny amount of money for using their song. But then again, I think they are known all over the world thanks to this game so they are, yeah. I mean the stuff you just mentioned I think Dragon Force kind of got lucky with this one and usually it doesn't go this well but then again and but like I don't think like he's complaining in this article but no I don't think he is I think he's making a bit of yeah. fun and I think that we're not taking sides either it's a definitely nope. a different discussion when you start talking about what bands are earning on platforms like Spotify, you know, where they're earning pitiful yeah. royalties, but it's a, it's a slightly different case to this one. Yeah, definitely. But an interesting read. And I thought something we want to do as well is to react to the Grammy winners 2022. So the Grammys happened last Sunday. I think. Did you hear uh, I was trying to give you a transition during the last piece uh, when I said, um, you never know if you're going to sign away a single use fee and get $3,000 or if you're going to sign up for a record and get a percentage of something that might sell a million copies or win a Grammy. That's what I said. And I was hoping oh, you were going to say, talking yeah. of Grammys... Yeah, I, it would have been so sweet. And now it's doubly bad because I've explained what happened. It's like telling yes. people how a magic trick works. 
kind of. <laughs> yes. Usually our transitions are like magic, unexpected, yeah. but very exciting. <laughs> but not today. So, yeah. Uh, we're not going to go through all 80 categories that were there. But Thank let's goodness. go through a few. And I think something that you might guess already is the fact that we probably don't know all of these. All of the artists, anything like that. So this can be both fun and slightly embarrassing for us, but let's do it. And we're going to start with Record of the Year. And out of all of these nominees, I, let's see. I'm going to see which albums I've listened to. And my answer is Billie Eilish, she's album, and then the Silk. Sonic album, who were also the winners of this category. Yeah, I'm actually super pleased that they won the Grammy. An amazingly talented band. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's weird that some like something that sounds very very seventies is a super cool and kind of new and hip and whatever terms you want to use. I love it. I love it so much. It's. You know, yeah, like good but you know, talking of the 70s, comeback. we have ABBA up there for the Record of the Year nominees. So. <laughs> I haven't listened to a single song from their new release. I kind of don't want to. But hey, at least we have, what, two kind of actual bands in there? Yeah. Maybe three? I think two. Silk, Sonic and ABBA. Yeah. But then there's yeah. a like, great artist here as well on the list. Uh, John Batiste. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Tony Bennett. He's a, I mean, Lady Gaga yeah. as well. She, you know, love her or hate her. She's an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Ha- have you seen, like, it, it's been a while since they did the first, like, a live concert together. Many years ago already. Like, that. that's amazing. She, like, she and Tony just... Their voices work really well together and the whole yeah. show they do, it's really cool. Yeah. And yeah. Uh some of these I've never heard and I'm not sure if I'm ever going to. <laughs> I just don't care about Justin Bieber, for example. Sorry about that. And I really don't I don't want to ruin my memories of Abba by listening to the latest album, so sorry about that. Uh we listened to a lot of ABBA as kids. My dad loved them and we got exposed to their music and like I ended yeah. up loving the band as well. So, Yeah. And uh, yeah, Song of the Year. And the winner is Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic. Again, amazing song. And yeah, I mean, not my favorite from the album, but yeah. True. Again, worthy winners. Yeah. Again, I don't know half of these songs. <laughs> but it it's not them, it's me. I'm very like I first of all, I don't like the fact that I don't listen to like I don't listen enough to new music in general and I'm lazy to search for new music as well, so yeah. maybe I need to actually uh, use this list and listen to new stuff. Yeah, that could be a good idea. I find it very hard to discover new music because, yeah. you know, there's such a deluge of stuff. I often don't yep. know where to start. 
And then it's just easier to go back to what you know and love, which is the stuff that you grew <laughs> up with and just feels like home. Which exactly. means that we're missing out, you know, on amazing new music which is coming out, but you've just got to find a way to hear it, you know? Yep. I know. Yep. But again, we're happy for Silk Sonic. Again. And album of the year is by... Can I just ask, John by the way, so we've had record of the year, song of the year, and album of the year. Yeah. What's the difference between a record and an album in this context? I mean, I know a song is one song. So song is a song, but... Record of the year, what? song of the year, album of the year. What's the difference between the record of the year and album of the year? See, this is how out of touch we are. Kids yes. today would know that difference. Would they? Do they care about Grammys? No, nah, probably not. But it's mostly yeah. the same artists and the same songs and tracks that have been uh, nominated anyway, so. Yeah. True. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm happy okay, for John, John Batiste. Batiste like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Really happy for him. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I think he was nominated for like seven or something and he won Yeah, he like got a lot of nominations. Five. Yeah. And he, and he also like won f four or five, I think. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah. But album of the year is We Are by June Baptiste. Best new artist. And <laughs> this I, is I a list where we're, we're both like, hmm, <laughs> we don't know most of the people on this list. Exactly. I've heard of about three uh, or four of them. Yeah. So I think I've heard Olivia Rodrigo, who was the winner as well. And I'm yeah. Phineas, is that uh, Billy Eilish's brother? Yeah. Is he also an artist now? I guess so. Yeah, he is. Well, I mean, he, he does all the production on the Billy Eilish records and they write sure. the songs together. Or at least that's what the public perception is. And I assume it's true. He's yeah. very talented. But Great instrumentalist he, as well. Yeah, he's a solo artist now as well, I guess. Seems like it. There are, there are some really good YouTube videos of the two of them where they talk through kind of the writing mm. and production process. And it was all done at home, their first record, for example. Really, really fascinating yeah. to see how I they do stuff. I think I've seen stuff. that as well. It, it was really Particularly like the, the layered vocals that they do. Like they're, they're great at that stuff. Super talented yeah. kids. They were yep. kids. They're now adults. Mm -hmm. Yep. Anyway, best new artist, Phineas, know him. The Kid Leroy, I've heard of him. That's a young Aussie guy living in LA. Oh. He's like a hip-hop sort of trap sort of pop guy. But I know who he is and I've heard some of his songs, so that that's good. Olivia Rodrigo, I think everyone's heard the Driver's License song. Yep. And that's about it. I think I've heard of Saweetie, but uh, I could just be making it up. Yeah, I think I'm familiar with the name Glass Animals, but I have no <laughs> idea what kind of music that is. <laughs> It's a yeah, cool I name, once by read the an way. article about the top breakfasts in Japan, but that doesn't mean I've heard of Japanese breakfast. <laughs> it was just an article about food in a different part of the world. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Best solo pop performance, driver's license by driver's license by Olivia Rodrigo. So there you go. I think Olivia uh, Rodrigo has addressed it, but every time I see that song title written down and the apostrophe is missing in driver's license. It annoys the hell out of me. Uh, yeah. As a trained editor and sub-editor. Exactly. Yeah, best duo or group performance. These are kind of weird categories. 
Yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, I, I, I don't know how they judge these categories, but like, cold plays there. Like, comparing like group performance between like Coldplay and BTS is really weird. Coldplay is like a band. BTS is like seven uh, Korean guys doing incredibly coordinated like dance moves. <laughs> and yet, re- they did really a record to together. Them? Yeah, it's, it's, like it's hard. At- yeah. Well, I, uh, what I wanted to ask you is, do you know on what the Grammys are based? I mean, it's obviously not all public votes or anything like that. I guess a lot of it is down to sales too, and the whole kind of old school labels and the marketing machinery. I mean, there's different awards in the UK which are based on different things. So you've got like the Mercury Music Prize, for example, which is more kind of independent artistry and traditionally went to indie bands like Radiohead and stuff like that, Arctic Monkeys. But you've also got, for example, the Brit Awards, which is much more based around what's selling the most and what's at the top of the charts. And I assume that the Grammys is a bit more like that. Yeah, could be. This, ca- this category keep confusing me. Best traditional pop vocal album. And now uh, we do have a Grammy for Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, this confused me. Dolly Parton. Willie Nelson. Oh, yes. I was just like, there's several Christmas albums here. I love that Tori Kelly has an album called a Tori Kelly Christmas. And Dolly Parton has the Holly Dolly Christmas. <laughs> uh, they should have done, like, they should have done like a duo album, like a, a Holly, Tolly, Tori Kelly, <laughs> Dolly, <laughs> something like, for those four words in some order, Holly Dolly Trolley, golly, Christmas, <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah, best pop, pop vocal album, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, best dance recording, we're experts. Ah, no, this is us. This. Yes, this is us. Oh, yeah. oh I, mm-hmm. I think I've heard the name James Blake and Tiesto as well. So I know those two names. Do I get points for that? I think I get yeah. a couple. Oh, I mean, I I've heard Afrochet. of them too, so the points are negated. I've heard of David Guetta as well, of course. Yeah, I was just about to say as well. So, Best rap album, Call Me If You Get Lost by Tyler, the creator. I love, I love that I've name, actually listened to a couple of these. Oh. I used to cool. like quite a lot of sort of old school hip hop. I mean, I still do. And I try and keep up with some of the more modern sort of trap and rap stuff as well in the British grime, but it gets harder and harder the older I get. (laughs) (laughs) We just want to listen to the old albums. Yeah. Yeah, best rap performance. Baby Keem, Kendrick Lamar are the winners with Family Ties. Best rap song, Jail by Kanye West and Jay-Z. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, best Latin pop album Mendo by Alex Cuba. Cool. Okay. Best Musica Urbana album. Uh, uh, I'll try my best pronouncing Spanish. El ultimi, Ultimo Tor de Mundo. Bad Bunny winner. <laughs> I'm so, anyone who speaks Spanish, I'm very, very sorry. I've never studied Spanish. I have absolutely no idea how to pronounce it, so please forgive me. <laughs> And Best American Roots Performance, another John Batiste Grammy here. So that's cool. Best R&B Performance, and this is interesting. There's a tie. 
Leave the door open by Silk Sonic. Oh, wow. And pick up your feelings, Jasmine Sullivan. How can there be a I tie? Didn't know there could be a t- yeah, I didn't know there could be a tie, but there you go. Maybe it is voted for, like the Oscars, by like a Grammy Academy or whatever. Could be. Mm. Yeah. Best R&B song, Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic. Well done, guys. But they won a bunch, didn't they? Wow. Yeah. Best R&B album, Hawks Hales, Jasmine Sullivan. And best country solo performance, You Should Probably Leave by Chris Chris Stapleton. Funnily enough, this this is probably the category that I probably like the most out of everything so far. Jason Isbell, for example, Casey Musgraves as well, Chris Stapleton, yeah. they're all great artists. I gotta say you know, it. I, it's not I cool, definitely need it, to use this list to like find some new stuff to listen to. Cause I kind of love country as well. It's incredibly cheesy and I like I'd love to be able to listen to more Brad Paisley, but his lyrics are just killing me anytime I listen to those. Yeah. But yeah. Then his guitar Try Jason Isbell. Yeah. Try Jason Isbell. Yeah. He's more kind of Southern rock, Muscle Shoals, Alabama kind of stuff. Okay, that sounds A lot less kind of cheesy than uh, Brad Paisley, that's yes. for sure. Yeah, if I, if I hear one more country song where parents are out and we are hosting a house party type of thing. <laughs> and like, oh boy. Yeah. Some of Brad Paisley's lyrics are actually really funny. He has a song called yeah. Online where he where he talks about um, how he has this big, cool presence online, but he's really just this geeky kid. And some of the lines, like, you know, it's all rhyming couplets yeah. and humor and that, but it's it's quite funny and there's some great guitar work in it as well. Give it a listen. Yeah, that's the thing. He's a ridiculously good guitar player and all the production and oh, everything yeah. is amazing. That's why I kind of would love to be able to listen to it more, <laughs> but it's the lyrics. <laughs> It's the lyrics. Uh, if you have some great uh, Brad Paisley songs you think I should check out, uh, let us know. I want to listen to some, something that's not going to kill me, uh, like, intellectually, I guess. That's, Look, that's all Chris, I'm asking. Yeah. Chris Stapleton cleaned up in the country categories. He won almost all so of them. it seems. But yeah. now we come to The Rock. The oh, Rock performance. Yeah. Making look at the nominees: fighters. ACDC, Black Pumas, Chris Cornell, Deftones, and the winners, the Foo Fighters, with "Making a Fire." Yeah, and may, best rock song, "Waiting for a War" by Foo Fighters as well. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't think the guys were there for obvious reasons. No. Yeah, so that's kind of very, yeah. And best rock album, "Medicine at Midnight." Also yeah, they so cleaned they up in the rock categories as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Sad stuff. But yeah, uh, I'm going to use this list as a, like a playlist creator and get myself familiar with all of this. I, for example, didn't even know that ACDC has a new album. So You didn't know? I'm, no. I mean, it's I'm the really same as all touch. their other albums ever, but oh. like that, that makes it amazing. I mean, I do love they, ACDC. Do they have a riff that's... The, that's in key of yes. A, G, or D. No, it's all F sharp minor in uh, nice in this new album. No, it's, of course oh, it's all it's all going full ACDC stuff. <laughs> but it's great. It does the ACDC thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's all that we ask them to do anyway. 
yeah, but from ACDC to answering some of your questions and comments, we're going to do that next. Questions and comments. Yeah, we haven't done this for a while, so let's get going right away and start with question number one. And this was actually posted on Instagram, Catpick Studio, at Catpick Studios. That's where you can find it us or me i guess and comes from a good friend of the show luis vasquez and he commented on my podgo photo where i was basically teasing that i played used the podgo live in a church setting and he was curious on how i'm using it and my answer is i used it well uh sorry it's been it's a good answer <laughs> Is it? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long uh, as there are no further questions, then yes. yes. Well done. But I'm sure Lewis wants to know a little bit more than that. I'd like to think so as well. Yeah. So basically I was using it, I, th I think it's like snapshot mode. So basically I programmed like six different things, like where I could add or remove something. And sometimes a foot switch would like both boost the amp's volume and maybe increase the drive on the amp as well. And yeah, basically had like a slightly, slightly crunchy clean sound. I had like a always on reverb that I didn't put behind a foot switch. I also had a delay for those reasons as well. And then just kind of few different gain stages and also uh, a compressor for one of the songs. And I think I, like, I was really happy that I did the, like, oh, and one of the foot switches was for just extra ambient reverb. Like, I had the always-on reverb would get, like, a fairly significant, like, mix boost and a longer decay as well. And because I knew that with in these church settings, sometimes you think you're transitioning to your next song and then somebody wants to say something... And the, you usually need to like play some sort of like background music while it's happening. And you kind of want to kind of keep keep a certain atmosphere. And that's where it was super handy that I had the extra reverb switch because I could just fill out the space between the songs when someone was saying something. So that was really practical. Overall, I'd say the podco sounded fine. It's very decent, uh, just but just the sheer practicality of it was so good because I only took my guitar, like guitar bag, and then I had like a small, like a bag with some cables, and the pot go, and that's it. Nice and simple, mm -hmm. very practical. Sounded good enough, I want to say, especially like but one of it like. We're physically, oh, excuse me, in a real church. So it's very like all the walls are reflecting, are like reflective surfaces. So it's not like the best space acoustically. So what I guess what I'm trying to say is like the sound, even though I said it sounded good enough, it actually just sounded good because like bringing like some super amazing amp into that space wouldn't make that much of a difference would still reverberate all over the place so yeah it was good and i was yeah. really happy with so my are we setup. going to see video of this did you vlog it or anything like that 
I was thinking of that, but then uh, this for this set, the band was like kind of hired gun, so to speak. So usually we have like a kind of fixed band for six months or 12 months. But right now we didn't. Or like technically my band consists of three guitar players and that's it. So <laughs> I didn't have time to vlog. We had to like go through the songs before the service. Yep. So, so unfortunately not. Maybe one day I will do mm -hmm. some sort of vlogging thing. That would be a lot of fun. Like maybe the preparation, setting up the actual thing and then like my feelings afterwards. But... Last Sunday was not the day, unfortunately. But thank you, Luis. Hope, hopefully this clears up some of, or like answers some of your questions. And if you get more, let us know. Moving on to question number two. Comes from Aceton War. Accent on the off. Yes, thank you. Wow. I'm really starting to slow down at <laughs> this point of day. <laughs> Uh, yeah, comments on the Boss GX100 video and asks, Hi, I'm new to pedals, hence the possi possibly dumb question. I'm just wondering, would you expect that the tones of this pedal are likely to be a studio slash al album worthy if recorded via an audio interface? Thanks for the perspective. And do you want to answer this? I kind of replied to this person already on YouTube, but... Okay. Uh, well, I can give you my perspective and my opinion. Please do. Having not used this pedal, I'm pretty sure that you can get results that are worthy of any kind of studio or album recording. I mean, a lot of people talk about modelers sounding worse than real amps or whatever, and you've just talked, Vlad, about the practicalities of it and the fact that it sounded good enough. But in a mix and in a recording setting, you can use some of the cheapest or even free plugins out there and get great sounds. Yep. Because in a band mix, you know, when it's produced, mixed and mastered effectively, it's going to be absolutely fine. That's my two cents. And I'm assuming that you said something similar? Uh, pretty much. So <laughs> that, that was pretty much the answer I gave as well. Because if you know what you're doing, like it's I, actually my answer was that I think, yes, you can absolutely get like studio and album-worthy tones. Uh, the fact that I'm still talking about tube amps is the fact that I grew up uh, playing those and I'm more familiar with that kind of flow of creating recording-ready sounds. So it's faster for me to take like a few pedals and an amp and create good tones using that instead of uh, using a modular. But I'm slowly learning... Uh, I have my hybrid setup with an amp, but also using the pot go now, right now. I have that going on and I'm just on a journey of discovery or something like that. And so far, so good. I'm actually excited. Like digital stuff gives you possibilities that are very hard to replicate in like an anal more analog world. But it's also cool that you can kind of create hybrid setups. It eases the transition for me, I want to say. But yeah, I think you most likely will be able to get amazing tones for recordings from the GX100. So that's the final verdict. And next question comes from Just a Guy. 
Just a guy. <laughs> just, a, just a guy asks... I wonder if that's his real name. This, yeah. He's asking when the guitar is releasing, and obviously he's talking about the Rick Piero signature Gibson guitar, and we wondered about this back in the day when we talked about this. We mentioned it like a week or two ago, didn't we? And I said, yeah. do you know if it's out? Because I've not heard anything. And I yeah. actually Googled it, and... Nothing and? has been heard of that guitar in about a year. So the last articles that I can find Whoa. are from like April 2021. So when this was kind of released or when Rick Beato was talking about it and had the prototype in his studio. Since then, as far as I can tell, that guitar has never been released and there's nothing official anywhere. Weird. I guess my, my only guess was that maybe he released it to his like Beato club type of thing and there's a lot there but but I feel like I even if he'd done that there would be videos on YouTube and stuff and I'm just going to look on YouTube true. again while we look at this because I didn't do a YouTube search but I googled it oh, and stuff and there's nothing on the forums do. or anything like that so surely surely it's got to be a case of this guitar is not out yet and hey let me repeat that old sentence again maybe it'll be at the damn show <laughs> let me google like at this point, like if you would like, compile a list of all the things you need to see at NAM, it's it's a very, very yeah. long list at this point. So Yeah. Yeah, there is um there is is there nothing. Maybe it's not out then. I'm gonna say that that is a safe bet and that guitar is not out yet. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you search for Rick Beato's signature Gibson, there's um there's nothing. And we're the top result with our last episode from 11 months ago about it. I mean, Rick has Great. been seen using the guitar since then in, in videos, you That's can true. see it. But I think that guitar has not been released yet. Because even if it yeah. was super limited, even if there were only five or ten, I'm sure that Rhett Shull would have a video, for example. And That's I'm sure true. that other people would have publicized it a bit, but there's been nothing. So yeah. let's so, say it's coming out probably this summer, maybe for the NAMM show time. And if not later this year I mean it, it's about yeah. time right I think it was basically yeah. ready a year ago yeah and exactly. it's going to sell well it looks great yeah no, the, something that I replied to just the guy <laughs> was that it's something I'd be really interested in myself because like a yeah. two P90 like four traditional Gibson controls it's kind of double cut looks really cool and versatile so yeah Weird yep. that we haven't seen anything about it yet. But Indeed. we'll let you know when we find something out. Yep. Yeah. From that to Peter Southern, who comments, got the 2x12 and it's excellent, great value. The only negative is that at the moment they don't sell covers for the speakers. And he's talking about the Harley Benton budget-friendly FR cabinet we mentioned some weeks ago and there's mm -hmm. we mentioned the 1x12 version but there's also 2x12 version yeah uh, it's great to get some like feedback from people who have actually gotten one and yes it is good to see them in the real world as well yeah exactly and based on my church geek I, I'm kind of considering maybe I should get one because kind of using guitar and then the like a standard like floor monitor to monitor your voice and your guitar from the same speaker 
Uh, I'm a baritone, so my voice kind of overlaps with the guitar as well. So when I play guitar, uh, I hear myself like less vocally, that is. And maybe, maybe this could be the solution. Then that pricey either, so maybe I need to... Maybe you need to hit up point. your contacts at Harley Benton and say, hey guys, yes. I got an idea. You could combine all of that into an amazing vlog and then you'll answer Peter Southern and me and Luis Vasquez with one amazing Questions. video. All at the same time. Wow. That's... Exactly. But yeah, I mean, what Peter says about the negative being that they don't sell covers for the speakers, I guess he's talking about slip or dust covers or protective yeah, transport so. cases. Yeah, I mean, I do wonder why not that many brands seem to do stuff like this because I know from experience that often people do want to have a branded cover for their amp yeah. or for their product or whatever. But yeah, I'm sure there are other kind of generic or third-party, you know, covers, slip covers, dust covers, or cases that would fit these speakers as well. So perhaps check some of those out. Ask Carly Benton yeah. about the exact dimensions and make sure you get one that fits and you'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Question or comment number five comes from Alexander, who says 1000% boss space echo over DL4. And he says, I ordered both. Though now I'm not <laughs> sure whether he's talking about that he ordered both the DL4 Mark II and the RE and Boss RE2 or RE202, or maybe he ordered both Boss RE2 and RE202. We don't know, actually. So, Alexander, if you're watching, let us know. <laughs> I am slightly confused. I reckon he ordered both the Boss pedals because yeah, he's I, I, not, I think not just convinced, he's a thousand percent convinced, which is more convinced than it's technically possible to be. So he knows yes. what he wants. Yes, Funnily exactly. enough, I mean, I really want to get the bosses, like maybe the RE1, maybe the 202, but I've been watching a few videos about the DL4 and I I really want to get a DL4. <laughs> 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 it, just, it just sounds cool. And, you know, I've done a lot of stuff with the Podgo recently as well. And, you know, some of the delays are going to be identical or at least pretty much identical to the ones mm. in the DL4. And the DL4 also has reverbs built in. It has 15 sort of secret reverbs. So it's actually a delay and reverb pedal too, and that just sounds really cool. Add the looper yep. into it, which has cool like effects that you can speed it up or slow it down depending on how you're using it. And it's, um, yeah, I kind of want a DL4. Yeah, it's exactly. an expensive year, isn't it? It is a bit. It is a bit. And the last of the comments comes from... Kenneth Okowa, and this was commented on the new X My Delight BT review. It's kind of fun to get like comments like these on a video that I've released several years ago. Looks like my telly still has the three single coil pickup setup in that video. So that's an old video, but at this point, but yeah. Kind of goes really great review of the My Delight BT. I just got mine and I bought it most. Mostly for its portability and the drum machine to use to practice my originals and stay in, I don't think it's stay in tempo, but probably stay in tempo. Thanks, autocorrect, I think. Yeah, he probably uh, wasn't in the temple. Where the amp drum sounds, the metronome is quite sufficient. 
He also likes the option to hook up the jam tracks or YouTube and play back the original music. Yeah, there's so many cool practice amps, and obviously the hottest one is the oh come on, what's what's positive grid Spark Mini? Yes, positive Spark Mini is probably the hottest one market right now but I still think Mighty Light is great it's very affordable I think didn't we talk about the Blackstar one like a week week or two ago Jared James yeah the, the Jared one. James Nichols signature fly <laughs> signature fly sounds great yeah so many great options but yeah if you're interested in that this video that they mentioned here I'll try to remember to link it uh, I think still think the Mighty Light is a great option. The app is cool. Then there's also the Mighty Air, which is like a stereo one, and I think like it just sounds even better. There's they can improve the bass response on that one as well, and I even use it with the bass. So plenty of options for you to choose from. And yeah, thanks everyone for submitting your questions and comments. And please keep doing that, and you could be featured on the show. And before we wrap up, I think we need to talk about something that you will probably want to watch this weekend because you have nothing else to do. Watch it! Watch it! Watch it! Watch it! Watch it! Watch it! Video! It's not like you have anything else to do. And because you don't have anything else to do, we think you should check out the Steve Vai video where he's playing well the song is called teeth of the hydra and we talk about the hydra guitar like this very steampunk thing he and ibanez released some weeks ago so it's like a there's an electric guitar there's a bass and some other thing i'm forgetting like if you're watching oh we probably should click the button so we can actually see it here come on yeah yeah, there you go. Now you can see it. So he's playing this absolutely crazy looking guitar thingy. <laughs> but what impressed me the most is not the fact that he can play it. But, I mean, it's Steve, he can play. But the fact that he actually like really uses all three of the kind of guitars built into his one guitar. So there's one which I think is probably like in, a, in like an open tuning type of thing. Then there's a bass which is like half fretless, half fretted bass, and then there's like a tr tr more traditional electric guitar in one. And he's doing like an incredible job using all three of them and actually creating a really cool song. And the guy just keeps amazing me, even after all of these years. It's just really, really cool. I definitely think you should check this out. It's a few minutes of your time, and I think you're going to enjoy it. I don't think the song is like a... I wouldn't say the song is like an absolute masterpiece, but I think it's a good song and the kind of... the way he he's able to use all of this. I don't... Like, how do you practice playing three guitars at the same time? <laughs> I struggle with one. That's my question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd have to come up with a piece of music that was specifically written to work in this format, sure. you know? with the specific tunings that he's used, you know, with the fact that you've got two guitar necks and uh, a bass there. But yeah, yeah, what a guy. What a guy. I remember reading a, 
like a news article, like a short interview with him recently where he said he was overcome with emotion when he finally worked out how to play this guitar because it took him a while <laughs> to realize how to actually do musical things with it. And he, um, yeah, I think he said he broke down imagine. in tears and like, I can imagine that as well. But yeah, look at all that stuff. What a cool yeah. thing. Yeah. Out of all the people in the world, like if I would have to name one person to be able to play something like this, it's Steve and man, just, yeah. Cool song. Even cooler yeah, and that, when you paired it with the visuals of him playing that thing. So Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, he looks great. The guitar looks great. And the location and the production quality of this video, <laughs> just from what I'm seeing here, it looks fantastic. I need to yeah. make my own YouTube videos look this good. Yeah, exactly. You need a smoke machine and a three-necked guitar. That's the secret. <laughs> yeah. So now you know, if you want, want to make your is, videos Is that cool, all I need? Because I think I need a little bit more than that, but... Uh, no, I'm, pr I can I'm pretty try sure it. it's... Like, I'm talking from experience. The only thing you need is more gear and you'll be better at guitar. That's how it works. So you're saying if I buy more gear that I really don't need, I'll get better at guitar. I love yes. it. Yeah. In fact, that's been my life philosophy for the past 20 years. Nice. So I'll, I'll just so carry on know. living that way and all is good. That's why this exactly. show exists. Yes. To bring you knowledge. Well done, us. Well done, us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is a great way to wrap up Cat Big Fridays episode 58. Thank you so much for listening, watching. And uh, yeah, ways to support what we do in the show notes. Oh, predictions. What's going to be released yeah. in the next week? By the way, last week I predicted that Dan Electro would release something, and they didn't. So I shall uh, write them an angry letter. Well, almost no one released anything this week, so... Yeah, good point. Mm. What did you guess was going to appear? Did I again go for a transparent overdrive? <laughs> That's That was cheating. Surely you guessed something uh, else. Yeah, I need to be more specific. I think it's it's cheating. I think just a transparent overdrive. Um, yeah. I'm going to say there will be some sort of a reissue telecaster released next week reissue telecaster i feel like we're not going to see anything that major now until kind of the run-up yeah. to the nam show again and i think True. at nam there's probably not going to be that much because it's so different this year yep shall i just shall i play my money double or nothing on dan electro again and say they disappointed me last that. week but this week they're going to do something and again, I have no yeah, knowledge it, of this. It, I don't know that there's some Dan Electro type thing coming, but let's say a weird yeah. sort of quirky Dan Electro type guitar from Dan Electro or somebody else. Let's widen it out into that. Yeah, sounds good. I think that's Let's fair. go with that. And I'll take it. Yeah, and I went with the Telecaster. We probably should also write this down so we can actually like follow whether we guess, like we, we have some sort of stats at the end of the year and see like, Who's better Who at guessing? <laughs> exactly. Well, I tell you what, what we what we can do is always check the previous week before we do this and then we'll know. That is very true. I mean, that, that's not the same as recording, but like just before we did this, I could have technically spent 30 seconds going back to the last yep. show and actually seeing what we guessed. But there we go. It's a, it's a process, exactly. you know, we'll, we'll smooth it it's out. It's a process. Yeah, we're learning. But yeah, have a great weekend. We shall... Most likely see you next week in some...
platform, whatever that means. But for now, bye podcast. Bye podcast. <laughs>